What's up, everybody? It's John Morgan. Listen, I want to come to y'all and tell y'all right now where you can go and get your LYP merch, www.lypp.org. That's where you can get all the fly crew necks like the one I got on right now. You're going to get your hoodies, your hats, any type of product that we selling at LYP, you have to go to the website to get it. You can't go to Amazon or no, no third-party company to get our products. You got to go to www.lypp.org. Right now, to get all of this latest stuff, LYP, you can also get information on the pod, new information on the episodes that we got dropping, anything LYP related, go to that website right now, lypp.org. Peace. Say something to your mic. Mic check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say something. That's in. good. Mic check. There mic you go. check. There you go. Now you up. Now you up. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Oops. Oops. Wrong sound effects. I'm not starting with hate today. I'm starting with love because it's a celebration. It's a special day today. We starting with love today. No hate. Mm. That feel good coming through. <laughs> it's a celebration today. Listeners, one of the older listeners, they probably listening to this right now. Like, what you know about that, John? What you know about that? Everything. <laughs> it's a celebration. <laughs> it's a celebration. It's a celebration. I'm going to tell y'all what we celebrate here in a minute. But just vibe with me. Vibe with us. It's sunshine in the day. The air quality kind of clearing up a little bit, you know. 
You can get outside and breathe a little bit. Then how is it you keep finding your way? Mm-hmm. Talk to him, Kim. Said I'm leaving. Have I made myself clear? Every time I find someone, I find myself near. No more screaming. There'll be no more lies. Packed up all my bags to go. Even made my flight. So how'd you find your way back in my life? How did you find your way back in my life? How did you find your way? One last song to celebrate. It's only right. Yes. Happy birthday, Ma. My mama loved this song. My mom couldn't dance with nothing, but she could do a little two-step, and she would two-step to this song. Back and forth. Just a little one-two.
troubles, bro. Tell me, come on now. Tell me I ain't, tell me I wasn't ready. <laughs> song man welcome everybody to another episode of for the lovers man i'm your host one one side of the host i'm john morgan jr i'm sitting here with the wonderful dr tania lodge um we we we, we formed we formed a duo you know to bring y'all wonderful content here for call for the lovers dr t how you feeling today wonderful thank you beautiful beautiful it feels so good to see you again um listen i gotta start i gotta start this 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 day off today uh by saying happy birthday, happy heavenly birthday to my mother. She would have been 64 years old today. Um, it is so, it has been such a, um, a interesting ride of emotions over the last few years. Um, I made sure that I went to therapy yesterday <laughs> before recording this today because I knew it was, the emotions was going to be crazy. So, um the roller coaster of emotions of grieving somebody and, you know, specifically your mother, you know, unless unless you have experienced it, I can't really tell you about it. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things that like you you can't really completely explain it outside of, you know, unless you really gone through it. But one thing that I can say about the last uh three years, and for those who do not know, my mother actually passed away on her birthday, on her sixty first birthday. Um, in the middle of the pandemic. So that in itself set like this, it, it it set this, it set up this scenario of 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 all these things kind of being in divine order and things happen to uh happening for a reason, the way that it was supposed to. You know, you you know, you listen to this show, you listen to uh LYP podcast, I'm always talking about things being in divine order. 
And this was one of those situations that completely confirmed that is that, you know, things are always in order and always happening for a greater good in the way that they're supposed to be, even when we do not like them. And, you know, my mother passing away on her birthday was a huge uh, stamp of that. You know, like I said, she passed away on her 61st birthday just a year prior to that. She had turned 60, a milestone year, and she was on me about throwing her this party that I did not want to do. I was giving her a hard time when she first brought up the idea about throwing her a party, Mm -hmm. and I did not want to do it at all. Um, But I was very, very glad that I did. She had a wonderful time. The party was nice. Everybody looked great. Everybody had a wonderful time. Um, it It was a beautiful vibe. It was beautiful to see her be celebrated in that way. And it was also beautiful for her to kind of like push the initiative of like, yo, no, I want to be celebrated and I want to do it this way. And I want you to, you know, to lead it. Like, you know what I'm saying? She was on me and I was giving her a hard time, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that we did it because, Mm -hmm. you know, losing her, if I'd have known that we was going to lose her the next year, then I would of course not give her a hard time at all. But again, things being in divine order, shit don't work that way. So, um, her passing the following year on her 61st birthday and the fact that it's been three years to the day today, it's been wild. You know, everything in my life has changed since that moment, you know, from uh, having two children. When she passed, my son was four months. Um, she only got we I got maybe two pictures of her holding him. She was the first person down at the delivery room. Um, this first person to hold him outside of, you know, Sierra and I, you know, so there's all these like, it's all these moments leading up to her passing that let me know, oh no, it was supposed to be this way. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. um, she was born on a Monday, passed on a Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mother is so significant to me because the first person who, you know, the first person I Showed me what relationship was the first person that exposed me to information that exposed me to uh, values and principles. She gave me a lot of information on just life in general. Uh, she was the first teacher that I had. Period. Um, she was the first person who kind of like really broke it down to me of like, no, when you courting a woman, you got to go about it like this. You know, she would always use her first famous line of like. You got to keep the girl the same way that you got her. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you mm-hmm. went all out to go get her, mm-hmm. you have to be able to do those things all the all the way through, you know? Mm-hmm. So she gave me a lot of game as well and I'm very I'm very grateful for that. And and grieving, you know, it's been again, like I said, a roller coaster of emotions because you face with a lot of you face with a lot of truths when you when you're grieving, you know, whether you want to deal with them or not. They're going to show up. And for me, you know, my mother and I, we had we we had a tumultuous relationships a lot of times. Um, we dealt with a lot of conflict a lot of times, especially as I got older. You know, um, my mother was married for a long time. You know, she was in an, an, an abusive relationship and an abusive marriage for a long, long time. And because of that, I had a lot of resentment towards my mother because of that. Mm-hmm. And I lost a lot of trust, you know, in my mother because of that. Um, and I... I, I harbored up a lot of anger and just a lot of hurt and it affected how I treated her, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and knowing what I know now, I now understand that, like, you know, not only was my mother 
was she not a bad person? But you know, my mom had things going on. She had demons inside of her, just like we all do. Prior to her being a mother, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? She had life experiences. She had a life before she had children. She mm-hmm. had a life, you know, in her own traumas, her own experiences, her own ups and downs, her own battles, her own internal insecurities, her mm-hmm. own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, outside of being my mama. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, when, you know, as children, you only have this narrow-minded idea of what of who your parents are, mm-hmm. and you have this narrow-minded idea of what it means to be a parent. You know, sometimes as children, you know, we be wanting our parents to really be these superheroes, you mm-hmm. know, but we don't really be understanding that, like, yo, she's just a regular person, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're just regular people just like you and I, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, through, you know, just through doing my own healing, I was able to kind of, like, really forgive her and not hold her to this... Um, unfair standard that I had of her. Mm-hmm. You, 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 know, you know what I'm saying? And I was able to kind of really make amends with how I felt before she passed. But with people pass and you unable to kind of like, and I, this isn't, you know, we didn't always have a conversation about this stuff. This is feelings that I was able to work through on my own and just through my own process. Mm-hmm. And grieving has showed me that Grieving my mother has shown me that things don't necessarily have to be in your control for them to work out in your favor. And that is a hard pill to swallow a lot of times, you know what I'm saying, when you're trying to do things, when you're trying to navigate through life, right? And... I now understand that it had to be this way for me to be who I am today mm-hmm. and for me to be, you know, the man that I'm going to be 5, 10, 15 years from now. You know, it, it's it had to be this way for me to be the father who I am today. It had mm-hmm. to be this way for me to be the husband that I am today and going to, you know, continue to strive to be. It had to be this way for me to, you know, grow this media company into to, to what it's become. You know, mm-hmm. I had to deal with that pain to be able to experience this forced growth that, you know, it wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have dealt with this, you know, with, with, with this level of grief. Mm-hmm. And the the polar opposites of the emotions can be draining, you know what I'm saying, sometimes with grief. Because one minute is this deep sadness of like, yo, I really miss, I really miss my mother. Um, there was so much unknown. What could have been? What you know? I, I thought it was going to be something different. I hoped that it was going to be something different. I wanted it to be something different. That can bring on a lot of sadness, you know, because it's a, it's this, it's this, this, this crazy um, weight of un- unknown. And then on the other side of it, it's this, it's this like pure childlike innocence of joy that you feel knowing that like, yo, it, it had it had this be this way and I feel good and settling about that. You know what I'm saying? So happy heavenly birthday to my to my mother. Mine, you would have been 64, you know, for those who 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 knew my mother, man, she was she was she was super creative. She was super fly. She was 
Um, she was she was super kind. Um, she had a real like uh, vibrant spirit, but she also was a little lady with like a you know what I'm saying she was a firecracker, so she could go from zero to a hundred. You know what I'm saying she could you know if you ever if she if you pissed her off you you if she if you made her mad you know you know what I'm saying those who know they know like you know what I'm saying and it's a good chance that everybody who was in relationships got to see her turn up in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I love you. I miss you. Um, and it feels really good to know that my children have you. You know, what I'm saying you as an ancestor. You know, guiding them from 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 that side. So, you know, I want I wanted to start the pod that way because it, it, it's only right. You know, what I'm saying I cannot I cannot uh, talk about you know relationships and things like that without talking about you know one of my most formidable formidable relationships and one of my most important relationships, which was my relationship with my mother. Um, and which continues to be my relationship with my mother because we still continue a relationship even with her not being here physically. Um, so yeah, happy happy heavenly birthday to you, ma. I appreciate you. We gonna do some stuff to kick it for you, you know, to really uh, memorialize you later on th- this evening. And you know, for anybody who was out there grieving, man, you know, I hope that you are patient with yourself. I hope that you uh, don't run from the internal. Like I, I hope you find some some ways to welcome the internal uh, roller coaster and the internal battle that is grief. You know, it it is constant emotional like ups and downs all the time. You know, I'm only three years in. You know what I'm saying? And people always ask me about like how am I doing on today on her birthday? And it's like, yo, I read my mother every day. It's not a day that goes by that I don't think Absolutely. and I don't feel my mother. And in some capacities, you know, I feel closer to my mother today than I did, you know, when she was physically here. But all in all, if you are grieving somebody, man, I, I hope that you 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 welcome you welcome you know what that can do for you, what that can help you with, because um, it's, it's it's a beautiful thing. So um, yeah, happy birthday, ma! I love you. Yes. And that's how that's how I wanted to start it. So let's give it. Let's give myself a round of applause, goddammit. You know what I'm saying? We <laughs> affirm, affirm yourself. You feel me? It's, it's, it's only right. You can't ask for affirmation if you're not going to affirm yourself. You feel me? So, um, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm proud of myself for, for, for sharing that with y'all. Um, and, yeah, man, if you're grieving somebody today, I hope you're hope you doing some things to kind of really le- lean into that, you know. So, Dr. T. Yes. That's where I wanted to start at. Let's let's start. Wow. Let's let's start talk more a little bit about grief. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You ain't about to cry on me, is you? No, I'm not. In okay. fact, I this is wonderful. I I, I want to ask you to just um say your mom's name. Oh, Pam. My my mother's name was Pam. Yes. Yeah. Inviting, you know, her energy and her spirit into the space. You know, we always want to acknowledge our ancestors, our relationships, and we want to call their names. So that's super important. Welcome, Pammy. (laughs) You know, as I'm sitting here listening to you share, which I really appreciate and think that's very important and invaluable, I was sitting here like, well, this is interesting. The universe is always in order. It's essentially what you were describing and what I wanted to highlight is this isn't our typical day and time that we That's record. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> the fact That's a that fact. we are recording on this day in this moment that with that. I'm like, wow. That is a That's fact. That's the universe. It is. It is. Always in order. Always on time. Yes. So. Ashe and yes, happy heavenly birthday to Miss Pam, who I also had the opportunity to meet and party with. Yeah, so, for sure. For sure. Um, 
Absolutely. Thank you um, for sharing that and, and raising this uh, because it is such an important topic that I don't think we talk a lot about because of the negative connotation associated with grief. Mm-hmm. When people hear grief, they automatically assume it's negative, mm-hmm. it's dark, it's right. doom, right. it's sad, right. it's, you know, all of these negative feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, None of us are exempt from grief. Mm-hmm. Grief is a part of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grief is information that we loved. Mm-hmm. We had a connection and we lost that in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to lose it spiritually. As you mentioned, like I'm closer to my mom now. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways For than sure. I was when she was physically present. That's right. That is a fact. And so how we understand grief and how it shows up and what it looks like in every facet of our experience of our existence um, is important because it does determine um, how we move through it and the kind of impact that it has on us individually and our relationships. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ma. I love you so much. Um, welcome, Pammy, into the space for sure as an ancestor. I shade. Um, I, I, I shade to that. Yeah, so, man, if you, if you yeah, you, you're, you're 100% right. A lot of times we think that grief is one way, and it, and it, and it is that, but it's not only that. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, grief looks different, you know, for, for, for all of us. Um, I think that, I think one of the biggest gifts that I've received from grief. One of the biggest gifts that I receive from being in the, the space of grief is um it's a level of freedom that comes with it's a level of freedom that comes with knowing that you know that your people aren't struggling here in this mm-hmm. in, in this craziness in, in any any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the freedom is not only connected to her not living in this anymore. It's also connected to knowing that you know um, I I know that I did my part while she was here. Right. And I also know that carrying on her, carrying on the torch, carrying on the tools and the things that she gave me, it's like it's only just going to keep flourishing. Right. It's only, it's only going to keep going up. So that's the I think that's one of the gifts that I've that I've received from grief. Um, so, yeah, man, I know that I know that people grieve things. People grieve relationships. They gr- mm-hmm. grieve career changes. They, right. they grieve, you know, um, the the. Losing homes or you know changing changing home life, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Living living in different places, mm-hmm. grief looks different. Is you know what's the you know what the complete definition of grief is? Isn't it like some just like significant change or something like that? Yes, it's a life changing experience. Right, right, yeah. right. So that can look, like health. Right, yeah, right, exactly. Yes, yes. So aging. Uh, right, yes, yeah. All all of that, all yes. of that. So yeah. we almost in this constant a pandemic, global pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> and and no one is exempt from it. Right. How right. we, you know, embrace it or understand it um, determines how we're able to um, grow and learn from it. Right, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Okay, so we back. So, all right. So, we got a, we got some real interesting stuff to talk about today. Um, Dr. T, tell me, what you, where you want to start at? 
We can start at any one of any one of those topics over there. Where you want to start at? We can start with the first one and go in order. <laughs> All right. So you want to go which one? You want to go to the um the sexual frustration? Sure. All right, bet. Okay, so sexual frustration leading to open relationships. <laughs> All right, so sexual frustration leading to open relationships. Yeah, people is frustrated, man. So they're looking for ways to, you know, to settle that frustration. Um, leading to open relationships, though. Mm-hmm. All right, so okay, let me let me start it off by checking, stating my bias, right? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Let me let me let me state my bias and check myself first, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, so um, I'm biased to you know. Um, one-on-one relationships, being with one with one person, right? Um, and I'm also biased to believing that when you open when you open the door to other people being in your your intimate space, then you are opening a wide you opening a can that's gonna be hard to close up. You know what I'm saying? You you letting people into an intimate space is adding more energy to the dynamic. Is adding a different um, point of view, you know, different set of values, set of family members, like, you just adding, adding more stuff to the pot, like, you know what I'm saying, you never want to over add the ingredients to the food, like, you know what I'm saying, you want to add a little and then you want to kind of add more and more until you get it right, when you go add more, it's hard to get it back down, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, so, um, that's, that's, that's my bias, but I also understand that, like, yo, it's okay to be open to a different, you know, bunch of different forms of lifestyles. It's it's okay. There's nothing wrong with being open to um, things that work for individuals, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? There's no there's no one pathway towards to joy, to happiness, to mm-hmm. security, towards mm-hmm. um to fulfillment. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's, there's there's no one path to that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I'm I'm open to things, you know what I'm saying, looking different just because, you know, it don't fit the way that I have traditionally done it or, you know, um, would be open to doing or whatever. Um, yeah. So that's where I, that's where I kind of, kind of stand at is you, you opening up a can (laughs) that you gotta be, you gotta be willing to like, you know, deal with everything that comes with it. You know what I'm saying? I think that I would, I would, I would ask the people who dealing with, you know, the frustration, the sexual frustration, um, and looking to, you know, open those doors like, yo, what's really internally going on with you? Have you, you know, really looked into, you know, what's what's happening with you? Like, have you done any type of like inner inner self-reflection? Ask yourself these questions. And if you have and you, you know, you're looking to do something else. All right. That's cool. We, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I would ask a bunch of questions, but that's kind of where I stand <laughs> at with it. You know what I'm saying? What, okay. you, what you think, Dr. T? It's interesting. So. I think this is a layered topic. Mm-hmm. It's very common. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important for us to be able to check our biases up front. Right. Because we all have them. Mm-hmm. Um, no one is exempt from having a bias. A bias is just something that has been instilled in us, whether directly or indirectly from our life experiences. So we have them. Mm-hmm. When we don't acknowledge them, is when it can cause problems and, you know, challenges with any interactions that we have. So I see this a lot with couples and it's not just 
sexual frustration. I think sexual frustration is one reason why people consider an open relationship as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we think about sexual frustration, if we just kind of just stay there for a second, as we age, our bodies change. Mm-hmm. So there's a variety of reasons or complexities that we deal with physically that can compromise, you know, sex drive, sexual intimacy, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get married or you commit yourself to your lifelong partner and the challenge of sexual intimacy is alive and present, <laughs> yeah. right? The question is, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of couples, more common than we think, that's an option. An option is to allow your partner, you know, to have that need fulfilled in, in other um, with other people. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. I've seen couples come to couples therapy with this when it's worked and when it's been problematic. And one of the things that I will offer is if that is an option that a couple wants to explore, the parameters have to be transparency, honesty, and an agreement. So I had one couple where this was a thing, but there was an agreement. And it ended up in couples therapy because somebody broke the agreement Not that they were operating, you know, with another person, but you violated the rules of the agreement. So it happens. It was all well and fine. It was doing, there was, the relationships were working, the open relationship was working until that agreement got, got crossed. What we agreed on, somebody crossed the boundary, you violated it. So it. Yeah, I mean, that's no different in any type of relationship, right? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That's no different in. You know what I'm saying? In any type of heterosexual relationship, like, you know, between men and women, like, mm-hmm. yo, you violate this agreement that we have, whatever it is, it's going to be some type of issue. We don't have a conflict. That's right. So, all right. Because that was my question was going to be, all right, what, what, when you've seen these relationships be successful, what, what are the qualifications? Like, what have you seen be the parameters that made them be successful? And you saying it's some type of agreement. Mm-hmm. Right, it's transparency, it's honesty, um, which all makes logical sense to, yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, right, so let's. What is open <laughs> relationships mean? Does that mean is it is it we both are we both have the open um, availability to see other people? Are we seeing people together? Like, what is open relationships mean? I guess it's a complex answer. Absolutely, and this is where it. Becomes the agreement happens. complex right. because and, and it's situational. So, for example, in a scenario where um, something happens physically to a person mm-hmm. and they are not able to physically engage in a sexual relationship. Right. So the agreement between that couple in particular is, OK, well, you can, you know, engage sexually because I'm not able to do that for you. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't want it to interrupt my home. I don't want it to interrupt anything else that we have going on. I don't want it thrown in my face, you know, have some boundaries, whatever these expectations or the agreement consists of. Mm -hmm. That's that's one scenario. So it's not going to be a twofold thing because it's happening or it's offered because one person is not able physically to engage. And so that's how that person might want to compromise or, you know, make sure that her husband or spouse or whichever direction it goes in is good. Uh Uh Open relationships by definition is it's open, meaning both people have freedom or liberty to engage how they want to engage with, again, whatever parameters they put in place at the onset. And that's what's important. When I've seen these kind of um, relationships be successful, it was handled on the front end. It was discussed on the front end. It wasn't someone was out cheating or indulging and Oh, let me go and see if my partner is going to be open. To it. it it never it never was an issue of infidelity or or trust or dishonesty or anything like that. It started that way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, in those kinds of scenarios, or when it started in a, a monogamous way, but something happened that neither partner had any control over, and it became an option, and so. It was planned out together. It wasn't, let me go out here and do my own thing and let me come back and see if you're okay with it. So it's always been something that's happened together versus a one-sided kind of agreement or action or anything like that. So what I hear like that, that's no different than any relationship, right? Like we, we you should, in, in any relationship, especially when you're talking about an intimate relationship with a partner, with somebody else, you, mm-hmm. y'all sharing real intimate space. Mm-hmm. Y'all should always sit down and discuss how you guys are going to be in relationship together. You know, that's typically how the dating stuff works. You know, when y'all decide to like really be seen together, you know, exclusively or whatever, like Mm -hmm. there should be some level of communication of what this looks like, you Mm -hmm. know, what we're going to do, what we're not going to do, you know, and obviously that type of stuff happens, you know, different, different things are brought to the table over a different time. Like, Mm -hmm. right. Like, all right, how do we spend time with each other's family? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? How do we spend time, um, with each other and by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? How do we spend time with our friends? Do we mm-hmm. not spend time with our friends? Mm-hmm. How do we travel together? Like, you know what I'm saying? These are the type of things that we should be communicating with in any type of relationship. In, in, that's right? right. So, all right. So that's, so that's good to know. That's good information to have because I think a lot of times we hear these, these alternative lifestyles to like what is... Normal, and I put air quotes on normal because mm-hmm. what the fuck is normal? Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as really normal like that. But, um, and we have, yeah, we have this, um, we got like these, like, these skewed views of what open relationship looks like. And mm-hmm. it looks like, yeah, people just running rampant and, you know, going crazy. And it's like, <laughs> right. ah, that's, some that's not it. Yeah, that's not it. It's, that's it. It's actually, it's actually sounds like it's very, um, intentional. And it sounds like it's very, uh, you know, thought out. And it's, you know, and like, man, it sounds very free, like freeing, right? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Adults should be able to define yeah. how they want to be in relationship. Like, like there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. So let me, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Have you ever seen? Um, have you ever seen in your work? Have you ever seen open relationships happen? That didn't like art. Have you seen open relationships 
be created that weren't tied to any type of like sexual frustration? Has there been something else that kind of led to considering the open relationship? Absolutely. So spiritual connection, right? Spiritual fulfillment um, is important. I've also um, experienced, and I know we talked about this a little bit offline, but I just recall a time where it was ch- children involved. Mm-hmm. One partner wanted a, a child, the partner can give them a child. Um, and so there's all kinds of, of things, but the spiritual connection I find to be the most interesting because I, I have one couple who marry, define and describe their relationship and interactions as good, no issues, no conflicts, like they get along great. And... They are very different. One is very um, free-spirited and spontaneous and just like to explore every aspect of her existence, whereas her husband is pretty much laid back, regimented, go to work nine to five, come home, do whatever he needs to do in terms of the home, and he's back at it. Uh uh That works for them. However... She's and she's very like creative and into dance and um, expression and things of that nature. And so she's involved um, in dance and, and some other things, activities. And she started to connect spiritually mm-hmm. with someone. Mm-hmm. And it pulls on her so greatly that she's like, I like I have to have this. This is so important. And this makes me feel fulfilled like a whole person that this is important, that I need to explore this, too. Uh Uh I absolutely love my husband. I do not want to jeopardize or compromise that relationship or what we have. But he is not spiritually connected or grounded or into the same things that I am. And so does that mean that I limit myself from that aspect of me or (laughs) is it an option to explore this? Yes. This kind of relationship. Yeah. I mean, listen, I believe that everybody should have the, the right and the freedom to be able to explore whatever they need to get. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. they, you should be able to explore and have any type of option to get what it is that you need. Mm-hmm. As long as you're doing it on the up and up and you honest and you communicating and you telling people, you know, the truth, mm-hmm. I don't see I don't see the concern. I don't see the concern in that at, at, at all. You know you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um but you better be careful, boy, because because it comes. What's the, what's, the, what's the flip side, right? Like, what's mm-hmm. the how, how? What's the what? What do you see? You know, what are some things that you've seen like with that has led to like the downfall of open relationships? Like, what has been the what has been? Um, I, I guess it's probably the same as is regular other relationships. <laughs> like, you know, people not being honest, they not being transparent, and it it, it gets off balance, right? Balance. It's super important. So, for example, if the agreement is we only engage when all three of us are present, meaning when we're when we're intimate, it's all three of us. Uh It's not two of us Uh and then two of us or it's always three of us Uh when there's a conflict or a decision that needs to be made. It's 
the three of us. It's not just the two of us. And so making sure that there's balance in every area, just as you would try to do when it's a two person kind of relationship, that goes a long way. And that's extremely important. But again, if one person wants to end it, but the other person does not, (laughs) what happens in those scenarios? And I've had that happen where they were both open. They had an agreement. Everything was going good, but one partner changed their mind. See, that's the type of shit that I'm talking about that I know that I can't do. Like, I don't even want, like, (laughs) listen, listen, dealing with, I don't even want to say it like that. Being married to to my wife and being married with one person is enough for me, period. Like, I couldn't even fathom imagining, you know, having to converse and talk to her about, talk to my wife about making decisions and then we have to take the opinion of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I got kids. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to always include, no, it's, it's too, it's too much. That's, it sounds stressful, you mm-hmm. know, but it ain't, it ain't for me, you know what I'm saying? So, but... But I understand it though. Yeah, yeah. I mean that but that's again that's good information to really kind of harp on is that like, you know, this is no different than anything <laughs> anything else, you know what I'm saying that yeah. you know that we do on the, on a day to day. That's right. And you know, I think it's an important topic because it's becoming more I don't even want to say more common, but it is being brought up a lot more than it has. Um like I said, there's even a show on Netflix that's called Polyamory I or, watch or this something. Show. Yeah, you, you watched it. I've only seen like the trailer. Okay. Um, there's a lot of articles, like research literature, on these kinds of relationships and how you know they can be successful or not. But to your point, you know, I work with whomever. Mm-hmm reaches out and they want support, whether it's a a same-sex relationship, whether it's a heterosexual relationship, whether it's a two-person relationship, whether it's a three-person relationship, whether it's a polyamorous relationship. Mm -hmm. Relationships are so important. And you're right. We don't have the right to force people into these kinds of dynamics because it's what we're comfortable with or not comfortable with. Why do you why do you think why do you think the rise of these relationships like the different types of relationships are just becoming like people are welcoming them more like why is it becoming more more and more is it just simply the evolution of just this life well why do you think that is yeah and I think more people are becoming uh, more liberal and I think politics have a lot of influence on that. Um, even when we just think about like Roe versus Wade, mm-hmm. women's right to choose, mm-hmm. um, same sex marriages and, and rights, mm-hmm. um, interracial mm-hmm. marriages and rights, all of these things have been at the Supreme Court mm-hmm. <laughs> being discussed. Mm-hmm. And anytime we have those kind of dynamics playing out, it makes people more comfortable to have these kinds of conversations or to become more open with how they feel. Because these are people's feelings and emotions. Unfortunately, there are people who just want to experiment or they might do things for whatever, you know, enjoyment or goal or whatever that might be in that moment. Mm -hmm. But there are people who are, this really resonates for them. This is really in their spirit. This is who they are. And they're allowed to be that. Mm -hmm. 
Like, who are we to hold people hostage to what so, our beliefs So, in other words, are. people have always wanted to be open to this. They're just becoming a little bit more open or free, rather, to do it because time is changing. The work, time the is changing. changing. Um, and again, even though a lot is still frowned upon, there's a lot more acceptance. Mm-hmm. People are joining support groups or movements. Mm-hmm. There's a month for everything. Right. There's a mental right. health awareness month. Right. There's a pride month. Right. You, there's a month for everything. So we're t- starting to be more open with celebrating everything and the differences that makes us who we are. Why do we feel like we inclusive of every? We becoming more and more inclusive of everything and everybody, which is fantastic. Except for black folks. Oh, there you go. <laughs> why are we? That's why, right. Why does it seem like that's the, you know what I'm saying the the really the the elephant in the room? Like you know what I'm yes. saying? Like why? You know because and and that's so important. You know, I was sitting with that last night because I feel like until we put internalized racism. And the diagnostic statistical manual, which is this fancy thing that licensed therapists use to diagnose people, until we consider that to be a mental health psychological disorder, mm. we're going to continue to see that perpetuated in society. And tell, tell people what internalized racism is. Internalized racism is when we as black folks have believed in the lie that we are inferior Mm -hmm. is when black folks believe that white people are inferior is when black folks, we believe white people are superior, superior. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. We are inferior. White people are superior. Mm -hmm. We don't have any value. Um, We have to, you know, steal and fight each other just, you know, to win, to compete Right. So internalized racism, we have believed all those societal messages that has been told to us, whether directly or indirectly. So we believe that we're unworthy. Right. We don't have the same rights. And again, that's from enslavement and Jim Crow. And again, some of the more recent things that we are experiencing. And it's real. It's insidious. It has a significant impact. Anytime we think about what's happening in our communities, it's because of internalized racism. And until we understand that, we are not going to be able to unify (laughs) or you know, have the same kind of progress some of these other, um, you know, identities are able to have. And that's so that's so important because, yeah, internalized racism, it plays out in a variety of different ways. Right. So, like, it plays out um, from a celebrity standpoint of like, yo, we don't our biggest stars may not show up to the BET Awards, but we're going to show up to the Oscars or the Grammys. Like if we don't get a Grammy. It's this whole boycott. That's you know what right. Saying? Whatever. That's internalized you know racism. But we Check. don't show up to our own award show. Right. Like, Absolutely. you know, what I'm saying? it's going to show itself on the individual side. But like, yo, we are not pulling our resources together to build small businesses. You know, we may not be supporting our small businesses. Should we may have like I hate when I see our people on the Internet 
bashing our small business owners. Oh like, you know what I'm saying? We do not treat white businesses like that. That's we do right. not treat these multi-corporations like That's that. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? We are That's not... Right. You know, looking to boycott these huge corporations, you know, that are, that that's that's fueling this stuff. You know what Internalized I'm saying? Internalized racism. We don't we we don't do stuff like that. Um yeah, so that's a that's that's a super, super, super good point. Um Yeah, yeah, that internalized racism, man, that mm. Yeah, and the way for us to, you know, move the needle until we are proud to be black Mm -hmm. we're gonna struggle even when you think about the lbgtq movement Mm -hmm. they are proud to be who they are right we're not right and that keeps us from being able to to move beyond to unify to do the things that we need to do to to feel better about who we are yeah but we yeah we can't we (laughs) Don't nobody have don't nobody have the 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 historical trauma that we have as That's a collective right. of people, right? Like don't That's nobody right. have the history, you know, connected to this country like we do collectively as just like as a whole, as a as a race and as a group of group of people. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? If we don't if we don't acknowledge that and understand that and mm-hmm. speak to that and mm-hmm. like point to that in every aspect, then we Missing it, period. You know what I'm saying? We can't even have these discussions on internalized racism for real if we not really speaking to like, yo, this has been going on since the inception of the country. That's you know what right. I'm saying? We That's talk right. about That's three, right. four hundred, five hundred years worth of, you know, the same thing going on, just and look looking a little bit differently. That's right. Um. So yeah, that's 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 a, that's a, that's a super super valid point. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, let's jump down to this this second to last topic. Um. That you had brought up to me last time we had met. This is a this is a hot one. This is a, this is a this is a good one. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna let you lead it too, cause this you know what I'm saying I'm gonna follow I'm gonna follow up. It okay. says we got what does it mean to be submissive, right? That's one portion of it, you know. Okay. And some 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 I said some y'all don't don't be on my neck. Some black women saying that they can't submit in relationships that they you know in relationships that that they are currently in. So what is it? What is what does it mean to be submissive? You know, some black women saying they can't submit to the men that they in. Yes. Oh, that is a hot topic. Um, and it is a major. There's too many dudes saying what submissive looks like. So I'm gonna let Dr. T. Lead yeah, it's a major challenge in a lot of relationships, and it's probably one of the top three reasons that relationships are failing. Hmm. Um, and again, to your point. I think based on how people define that, it looks different. You have some people who are are a traditionalist, Mm -hmm. like, well, the man is the head of the household, so do what the man say, and that's it. Right. Um, A lot of people still believe that. For sure. Um, The challenge with that is life, society has changed in structure. Like, that might have been... Sufficient, And I say may have because I didn't live back during those times mm-hmm. when the man was working outside the home and the woman was working, I mean, in the home, taking care of the home mm-hmm. in those situations. And even how you think about that, um, just in general, like, OK, well, that makes sense. But we don't consider the context of that. Mm. Like it, that looks 
like that's what it is. But there's also some nuances that are playing out that we don't always talk about. Yeah, because even 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 with that, right, even the context of that, even how that's framed, you know, men working outside of the home, bringing in finances to be able to, you know, financially support the home and women staying home to take care of the family, taking care of the household duties, take care of the children and all of that. Mm -hmm. There's this hierarchy that comes with like the finances to support all of that. You know, it's a it's a hierarchy for the financial support and it lowers the household duties and the, you know, the 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 child care and, you know, maintaining the upkeep of the house and oh, stuff like yeah. that. There's a hierarchy that even how we frame those. Mm -hmm. And when you really like when you have kids and you, you, you the day to day, you understand how the day to day uh needs of children are, mm -hmm. yo, the upkeep and the maintaining of a house is <laughs> That is some real shit. Like, that oh, yeah. Some... That's a full-time job. What? 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 Overtime. With, with little pay. Yeah. If at <laughs> uh, all. Uh, right. Under uh, under Underpaid full-time yes. job at that. You know what I'm saying? It's like plenty of free overtime. Labor. <laughs> that's right. Right. That's yes, right. Yeah, so, that, so that's good. So I think how people define it um, from a traditional um, a view, view of it based on where we are today and how people have tried to adapt to it. But what I think, John, is underneath it is because it's it's pretty much it's more common that you see two parents working outside the home like that's pretty much the most common way that this is happening it's rare that you see stay-at-home moms for sure um and so when we have those kinds of dynamics where it's like well black women are the least likely to submit to their husbands. It's like, okay, wh what are you referring to? Mm -hmm. Are you, well, black women would, would share, this is from professional experience, mm -hmm. personal experience, and even with the literature, say, because there's also a lot of literature on this being a challenge. Mm -hmm. Black women often feel like their voices aren't heard. Mm -hmm. They're not able to contribute when there are things that they contribute. So why can it be more egalitarian? Meaning that it's not that you have to leave the house. I support you and I respect you as the man of the house. You are the man of the house. But does that mean you have to, like, what do you mean by lead? Do you understand what I'm right, saying? Yeah. Is it you leading this one-sided, this individualistic approach? And what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Does your leadership mean that you consult or talk to your wife and you guys decide together, but you put it into action? Like, what does it mean? And so these are the things that come up. And so when couples are in couples therapy talking about, you know, gender roles or who's the head of the household. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Because what I will tell you. It is less likely, I would agree with the literature, that black women would submit from the traditional definition of it. Okay. Again, this is why we have the whole sexist movement. Like, what does that mean? But there are some people and there are some relationships where men value their wives' voice, their opinion, mm -hmm. their input. Mm -hmm. There's a difference of men of the household. Because there's also a woman of the household. Right. The challenge is, is how do we define these different roles and how do we make it work for our relationship? Right. And is that submissive? Is that submitting? All right. 
You have some women, and I'll say this, you have some women who want to submit. Like, I would love to submit, but I can't trust or feel safe to be able to do that because of whatever those dynamics or characteristics or traits that might be playing out in that in that relationship. Okay, so tell me what it what tell me what the tell me what the traditional sense of the word submit represents and tell me what women are referring to when they or t- tell me what submission looks like today. What what is that what is it what does that mean? What does that look like? Today or, or from both. The, okay. <clears throat> so traditionally it looks like whatever the man says is what goes. And I recently working with a couple, this was their primary issue. And the man said, if my wife can't submit to me, it's a deal breaker. We're going to have a divorce. Okay. So let's define what you mean, because from her perspective, I am submitting. I respect you. I don't disrespect you out in public. You know, like you do a lot. But when I have something to say or I disagree with something or I want my voice heard, um, then you feel like I'm not submitting to you. Right. His position was. I'm the breadwinner. My what I contribute to the home financially takes care of the home. Mm hmm. I share in cooking responsibilities. I cook. He said, if somebody break in here, it's my job to make sure the home is safe. So because it's my job to make sure the home is functioning, has financial resources, and that it's safe, then whatever I want and however I want it, that's how it should be. And you need to submit to that because of my responsibilities and how I'm carrying out my responsibilities. Essentially, submitting means like get down or lay down. Like whatever I say, whatever I say, if this is what I stand on, you need to get behind that and support that, and making sure that we are on the same page and making sure that that happens. Some people believe that. Okay. And so I think defining it is probably the most important thing, mm-hmm. because here's the real question: Can a woman submit and have her voice at the same time and input at the same time in her home in her relationship. All right, so let's 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 answer that back after you like what does the what does submitting look like today? Cuz you just described it from the traditional sense, right? Absolutely. So let's talk so what does it look like today? Submitting is understanding. This is my this is my right, this definition. Is, this is you, right. Okay. Submitting means understanding what my partner's role is and what my role is mm-hmm. and not crossing boundaries, allowing you to to play your role as I play my role and complimentary. We have a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. So I respect you as the man of the house. I'm not trying to be the man of the house. That's your role. I'm trying to be the woman of the house. Right. And. Being a woman of the house, this is how I contribute to the household. And it's not traditional gender roles. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not always the one that's cooking and cleaning and et cetera. Right. So, but again, these are conversations and an agreement. Just how our earlier conversation about how do you exist, you know, in a three-person relationship? Well, there has to be some kind of agreement discussion. Mm-hmm. So if... I'm not crossing boundaries and stepping into your lane as it relates to how you want to be a man in this household. 
that's for me, that's submission. Okay. Submission is not me doing what you say, when you say, how you say in an attempt to make you feel more of a man or to work through whatever anxiety or control or whatever that is for you. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is about having mutual respect, having mutual understanding of what our roles are and how we complement each other and how we fit together. Mm -hmm. It is not about me doing what you say, when you say, how you say, when you say, because that's that's the misinterpretation or assumption that a lot of people hold. And again, the the example I just gave, because I protect the home and I pay all the bills and we live off of what I'm doing and these are my contributions. That means you do and say what I want you to do and say without having a voice without having input, without having an opinion, that's, that's not submission. That's lightweight slavery. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. It's oppressive. Yeah. Which is why sexism is a thing. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of it, I just think that we have to be very careful and intentional about how we define things and what it means and how it fits in our relationship. Because what happens in this relationship might look different and work differently for another relationship. So based off of what I heard you say, submission is not <laughs> submission is not just only up to women. Submission is a collective thing, right? Like I just put I just put up the definition of Beautiful. submission, right? Go ahead. The definition <laughs> of submission says an act or instant of submitting or yielding control. But this is where it gets tricky. Mm-hmm. To a more powerful or authoritative entity, the act or condition of submitting something for consideration, approval, treatment, or action. All mm-hmm. right, I'm, I'm with I'm with that. Mm-hmm. When I hear when I read that definition, the act or condition of submitting something for consideration, approval, treatment, or action. Yo, I submit all the time. Like you know what I'm saying, like do you see? I take into consideration. You know, I take into consideration. Um, I take into consideration for things with Sierra all the time. You know what I'm saying? This is submission. Like, so, yeah, submission is a two-way street. It is not only up for women to be able to do. You know what I'm saying? So the whole conversation of men submitting to women, that in itself, the conversation even framed that way is sexist is what you're telling me. And, and it, you see the ne- how negative that kind of sounds. Yes. Or feel. I, I know yes. my men out there like, what? Yeah. But you're right. It is a collective two-way process. And this here's what I like what you said when you just read the definition. When you submit to a more powerful entity yeah, or authority. Yeah, that's great. But when you think about that, let's put that into practice. Mm-hmm. In your household, for example, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is the case. This is random. Yeah, come on. So let's just say in your household, mm-hmm. your wife, Sierra, is the authority on healthy food choices. Right. That's true. So... She decides what you guys are going to eat because she is the expert on healthy food choices. Yes. If you go with that, you're submitting. Right. That's not negative. That's healthy. Right. And so when we're talking about the authority or expert on a, it's a certain area. So if she's also the authority on, you know, health. Right. 
medical health, mental health. Right. Then this is all true too, y'all. Not that she knows what she's doing. Yeah. This, is, this is true. She pointing at something she knows she is true, y'all. Is going to, she's going to have her recommendations right. and she's right. going to lead the family yes. what she knows to be best. Yes. That's you submitting to that, your right. wife. Right. Right. That's healthy. Right, correct. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. But if you come home and I know this this is not true and I don't know this to be true, this is just a random example. Right, right, right. And you're like, no, we eating this yeah, yeah, and we yeah. doing this and we doing yeah. that. Uh-huh. And she's expected to follow you mm-hmm. when she knows better. Mm-hmm. Is that submission or is that enslavement and op- or oppression? Right, right, right. So that's what I want our people to understand. It's not that black women won't or can't or don't submit. It's a very Eurocentric unhealthy way that we see that term and unfortunately we use it in a way that works for our our self-driven needs that doesn't work for the relationship so in other words we're looking at we're looking at the the idea the idea and the belief system of submission and submitting looking from a patriarchal oppressive and white supremacy racist lens like you know what i'm saying like we're looking at it from 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 that lens It it just is what it is we're looking at it from how Old white men created this idea of how this shit should be ran. That's how we're looking at what submitting looks like. Absolutely. It's no different when we are talking about in our previous talks about how we raise our kids. Right. That is that is another example. So how do we define it? And when you really think about it and look at it, it's a two way process. So what about so what about the um so what about when I hear women saying you know um y'all want to submit I, I I would like to submit you know I would like to relinquish some, some some control I would like to trust in in this aspect but yeah the trust is not there I can't trust in that aspect I can't submit in mm-hmm. that because it's not you know we're not we're not yoked in that that's right and and a lot of times it's because of the lack of understanding or right. the miseducation around it, or we right. just not on the same page about what that really means. Right. Do you know how many black women come to therapy or just in regular girlfriend conversation? Like I'm tired of having all the control. Mm. I would love to give up some of the control and responsibility. I would love a partner and companion that I can share this with mm-hmm. because it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Women, we're not meant to carry or hold all of that ourselves. Right. Nobody is. Right. That's the whole point of having a, a relationship. Right. So women actually want to do that. But when we're stuck in these old ways of thinking, these enslavement patterns and ideas that's been, you know, transmitted from generation to generation, we become stuck. What is the what is the thing that women are stuck in? Like what is the what is the idea that women are stuck in when they say I want to but I can't I want to give it up but I can't what is that? It's a lack of trust and a lack of, of feeling safe to be able, a lack of vulnerability. Absolutely. Or yes, and trust and safety is because, like, how are you defining that? Like it's very common for black men to be like, uh, you need to submit, especially if they working outside the home and, and you know, living in that more traditional sense. It's a it's a real thing that people come into therapy what with. What about um how much does like the strong black women syndrome play into play play into this as well? It it plays it plays a role. And sometimes it's that. Right. Right. <laughs> it can be it's both and. Um and again, unfortunately, these things kind of 
they they play off of each other. And what is strong black woman syndrome? Women who are independent, they may feel or believe that they don't need a, a black man or a man in general to help. They got it. They do everything. Superwoman. They do everything. And they sometimes you have women who are in a relationship and they still do everything and won't relinquish some of that to their partner. But those are, again, issues of safety and lack of trust. But again, if we don't know, if we're not aware of it, we're just functioning off autopilot or what we've been taught or learned, whether that's in our re- um, family relationships, whether that's through, you know, peer relationships. But we learn that. Yeah. We're not naturally like that. Yeah. So that's so that's that's even like a good segue even to like the, um, you know, the, the last thing that we have here, which is like, what does it mean for men to lead in the home? Right. Yes. So like, all right. So let me let me speak to my own experience a little bit. So. My idea of what I thought and what I believed that men leading in the home was, um, it was a combination of things. It was <clears throat> it was a physical protection thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if somebody breaking the house, like, I have to be the one to, you know, I got to be responsible to make sure that, you know, the safety of the house is in order, mm-hmm. period, point blank, right? I got to make sure that there's weapons in the house. I got to make sure that our security system is on point. I got to mm-hmm. make sure, you know, that we, that we, that we, that we straight, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought it was, you know, um, yeah, like final decision making, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, all right, when there were, when there are financial things that need to be made, when there are, situations with the children when there are just like big decisions that need to be made mm-hmm. the final say so will be led to whatever the man kind of says this is my idea of what i thought leading mm-hmm. leading men that's my idea of what leadership i thought looked mm-hmm. like i thought that leadership was kind of perpetuated and that it was connected to control mm-hmm. my idea of mm-hmm. leadership was connected towards being in control mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying right and um yeah, that shit has been completely out the window. Like, you know what I'm saying? My whole idea of like what leadership looks like mm-hmm. now was like, it's more, I'm understanding that leadership is much more of a, um, it's much more of a, it's much more flow than it is force. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Leadership is, leadership is, it is learning how to manage. It's learning how to work together. It's learning how to to smooth over things. It's learning how to, you know, um, to be a diplomat. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to be able to do this and that. You got to be able to talk and listen. You got to be able to um, stand firm on decisions and relinquish control and be like, no, nah, we rolling what you said. Yes. You, you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. Um, but I know a lot of dudes who, you know, who may struggle with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? They haven't, a lot of dudes struggle with the idea of what leading in the household looks like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. And and again, so it's it's what we've been taught. Um, and it also is rooted in our historical trauma and things of that nature. But what I want to say and, and really reiterate based on what you said, it is a collective process. We are a collective process people, Mm -hmm. collective work and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And even when, and what that means is we both have input. 
But you're right. If if it's a situation where the two of you disagree, your input is different. Right. A final decision does have to be made. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is, you know, and it depends, right? Whether you submit to her or she submit to you. At the end of the day, both voices were heard. Input was put. An informed decision can be made. So you know, you know what I, you know what else I think it, a lot be going on too. I think a lot of us as dudes, um, especially like millennials like myself, you know, early early to late thirties, mm-hmm. you know, going on down to, um, you know, late twenties and down to your, your Gen Z and stuff like that. I think that a lot of us, man, I think that a lot of us be holding on to these traditions that we was brought up in and that we seen that we thought worked. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we be scared mm-hmm. to like do anything different. We of be scared course. to, you know, we be scared to step into this idea of something that goes against what we have been taught to to do, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? I know Absolutely. for real, like majority of my closest friends are in Marriages and committed relationships with, you know what I'm saying, long-term relationships with their women. Mm-hmm. And damn near all of us, like, mm-hmm. in some in some capacity, like, uh, you know, it is a it is a very much a shared partnership. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I'm, again, I'm talking about relationships with, you know, dudes have been with their significant others for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we all share responsibilities. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to step out of the stair and say another one, too, you know, a lot of us, you know, some of us, our women make more money than us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You know, there's there's mm-hmm. a shared responsibility that still goes into it. But I think a lot of times, dudes, we'd be scared to, you know, switch it up a little bit. You know, you don't want to make your daddy mad. You don't want your daddy to look at you side eye when you come, you know, come mm-hmm. watch football. He's like, yo, what's up with y'all? You still doing this? Are you doing mm-hmm. that? What? Your, mm-hmm. your girl ain't making your play for you. Like, what's up with you? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You scared to make your granddad mad. You know what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. you looking at you funny. You know what I'm saying? Think, things like that. Yep. I think we are afraid to um, break tradition, you know what I'm saying, in, 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 in that way sometimes when it comes to this idea of what we think leading and like you know being the head of a household and stuff like that yeah and masculinity facts <laughs> right that's socialization that, of masculinity ab- right th- that's it that's a whole segment right. in and of itself right. 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 right right so absolutely yeah man listen fellas <laughs> trust me bro give up some of that power man because this shit too much anyway <laughs> you know what i'm saying but it's it you know it's it's um Another thing too, like when you, you know, when you in, when you in a relationship, especially when you have, you know, somebody that's good and you got somebody that's really like riding for you and loving loving you and you know holding you down and things like that, you know, you know the last thing that you want to do is like uh, suffocate her power. You know what I'm yes. saying? You do not want to suffocate. I like that. You don't want to suffocate women's, you know, um, power to be able to really flow and to be free. You know what I'm saying? Women are extremely powerful, you know what I'm saying? When they And they at their best, you know, in my experience, women are at their best when they free, you know what I'm saying? When you don't yes. sweat women, when you don't, you know, <laughs> be on their neck about this, this, and this, and that, and they're mm-hmm. able to just move freely, you're, she's going to show up and, like, be herself and, you know, help you in ways that, you know, that you couldn't even imagine. Absolutely. You, you know what I'm saying? When Absolutely. You, when you just kind of, like, Fall back a little bit. That's you know, right. You know what I'm saying? So that's right. Yeah, man. And it's know, not a sign of weakness. Not a, not at all. Like in, any, I I like to you know tie it back to to sports. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In, in sports, 
usually the leader of the team is not necessarily the best player. That's right. You know, you, That's you, you right. Know what I'm saying a lot of time your leadership skills, you may be more talented than mm-hmm. the leader, but the leader is a person that is managing the relationships. You know, holding people accountable. You know, um, doing extra work and th- things like that. It's doing the stuff that don't always be shown. But yeah, the talent goes to this guy over here. Just because he's more talented don't mean that he's more valuable. Exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's the, you know, that's the example that I like to, you know, talk about, you know, when it comes to like what being a leader is. Like, yeah. you know, you don't, you got to, a lot of time in that shit just be ego. You got to check your ego. Yeah. And, you got it. Yep. And, and, and check yourself at the door. Well, listen. Yep. That a T. It's been fantastic <laughs> again. You know, Absolutely. Um, uh, as always, man, we try to provide as much value for y'all as possible. Um, I hope y'all. Y'all learn something, you know. Um, please send in your questions, your concerns, you know, your 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 thoughts. You know, we always want to hear y'all feedback. We always want to hear the comments on social media. We want y'all mm-hmm. to tell us as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Give us your feedback. Give us, you know, what what's some stuff that y'all want us to talk about. What's some stuff that y'all want to hear? Um, you know, we 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 open to all of that. So. All, all is well, man. Thank y'all again for tuning in to another episode. Again, man, happy, happy heavenly birthday to you, my. I love you so much. Um, and, and 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 rest in peace. Another episode, y'all. Doctor T, you got any any last words? Excuse me, I'm sorry. You got any last any last words for the people before we get up out of here? You close that perfectly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you. All right, no problem, no problem. Listen, another episode, y'all. We out. Peace.